Welcome to the Black Wolf Media Podcast. I'm your host, Adrian Evans. This is a show where we dive into the stories of black entrepreneurs and business owners, and we talk about their brands and entrepreneurship journeys. Let's get into this episode. What's going on, guys? So if you're looking to keep up with the Black Wolf Media podcast and everything that's going on, go ahead and sign up for our weekly newsletter at blackwolfmedia.substack.com. Again, that's blackwolfmedia.substack.com. Peace. Hello. Hey, Armin. Yes. Hello. Hey, how you doing, man? I'm doing very well. How are you? I'm good. I can't complain, man. How do I sound? You sound real clear to me. How do I sound? You sound great. Okay. All right, man. You ready to get started? Yeah. Yeah, man. I'm ready. All right. Let's get it, man. All right, guys. Uh, My name is Adrian Evans. I'm your host of the Black Wealth Media Podcast. His name is Armin Davis. He's a serial entrepreneur. Uh, he's the founder of two companies, the Paragon Group and Paragon Real Estate Partners. Um, Armin, would you mind introducing yourself, man, and letting the people know a little bit more about you? Okay. Um, so, yes, my name is Ar- Armand Davis. Uh, I, I said I'm founder of uh, the Paragon Group, which is a private equity venture capital firm. We invest exclusively in uh, minority and female entrepreneurs. Uh, in the pre-seed, pre-seed stage of growth, uh, the fund launched earlier this year, and um, we invest. We're agnostic in terms of the specific industries that we invest in. We really are looking for and trying to help and work with uh, founders that, with their mindset in terms of how they approach the business, how they approach life. Uh, when you talk about a business at this stage, this pre-seed, the seed stage, uh, the business is very much founder dependent. And so it's important in terms of when we're talking about from an investment perspective, that we actually work very closely with the founder, not just in terms of P&Ls, balance sheets, those things that we talk about, right, from an investment perspective, but also on being the best version of themselves, right, that they can be. And yeah. so that's really our focus there. And that's really, our, 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 you know, what sets us apart in terms of our approach to investments. Awesome, man. Thank you for that introduction. Um, now, Armin, man, uh, Armand, tell me, uh, am I saying your name right, man? Yeah, it's, it's Armand. Okay, Armand. Like all, okay. Armand, Armand with, a, with an R instead of an L. Gotcha. Okay, awesome, awesome. Um, so take us back, man. Like, tell us, you know, what sparked your interest in, um, investing in minority-owned and woman-owned businesses? Well, I mean, so I've always been interested in investments. My, I, I have MBA in finance. I've worked at Big Wall Street Investment Bank, worked at Big uh, big Commercial Bank. So I was always interested in investments. But I then, after doing that for some years, I bought my, my own business and bought my first business and dove into that. Uh, and that was... Wow, that was 2006. Yeah, and so uh, 2007 had a fantastic year. Thought I was the smartest guy in the world, and then 2008 happened, and we all know what happened then. Yeah, and I was <laughs> not the smartest guy in the world, right? 
And, um, but by 2010, I was on the verge of bankruptcy. Yeah. And I had to figure it out, man. I had to figure, I had to, had all the paperwork filled out and was going to the bankruptcy attorney's office and just could not get out of the truck, man. Just couldn't get out of the truck. And so went back home, vowed to figure it out, made some really difficult choices, uh, and, uh, was able to really just turn that business around and not just survive, but actually, um, by the time the recession ended, the business was in a position to thrive. And I'm very proud to say that I didn't lay anybody off the yeah. entire time of the recession. Now there were plenty of times where I didn't get paid. Right. But there were times where you have to make difficult choices and decisions as the leader of an yes. organization. And so, I really wanted to marry my investment experience and background with my experience with uh, as an operator, uh, owner of businesses. And I really felt that the experience that I had uh, and experiences that I was having were most useful in helping to assist um, minority and female founders in pursuing their dreams and their goals. Yeah. And so that was why I decided to focus in that area. Uh, and then also there's the aspect, there's a business aspect to it. You know, I think that sometimes we do get caught up in making a, an emotional plea for assistance, for investment in our businesses. And certainly there's a case there to be made, but if you want to have sustained investment and sustained success in attracting investment, uh, for minority and female entrepreneurs, you've got to show that there's a business case for that to be made. And I think that there really is a business case. I think that we are the most disadvantaged group by the current system. And yeah. so out of necessity, right, we are going to lead in innovation, right? We're going to lead it because, you know, the current financial system doesn't work for us. So we're going to be the innovators in deregulated finance, right? And health and beauty, right? As it's, as, as it's currently depicted, it doesn't work for us, right? So we're gonna be the innovators in this. Women's, women's healthcare with the things that have happened over the past year that have really set back women's healthcare for decades with Roe versus Wade being overturned, yeah. other things that have happened, you're gonna see women's taking charge of their own healthcare. And so for me, it's a, there's, a, there's a logical and a business case for why we should be investing in these founders, not just a, well, it's the right thing to do thing. It is the right thing to do, but it's also the right thing to do because if you do it, you will see returns that will outpace the market. Yeah. Okay. Um, you said something when you, when you were talking, you said something real interesting about um, in 2008, um, you know, your experience with your business going through the recession and then 2010, you hit bankruptcy. What was that like for you, man? Like, what were you going through mentally, emotionally, physically? What was that like for you? Man, it, it, it was hard. I will clarify. I did not file for bankruptcy. I was on the verge of bankruptcy. Okay. Important as an investor. Like, it's, it's, hard to, it's hard to get investment when you got bankruptcy on your record. I did not file for bankruptcy. I was on yeah. the verge of bankruptcy. And I managed to pull the business back from the brink of bankruptcy and build it back into a thriving enterprise, a thriving business. But at the time, oh man, you, you talk about what you go, I mean, I, I was depressed, man. 
Yeah. You, you, you're depressed. You don't even know from day to day what you're going to do. The phone isn't ringing. Nobody's calling um, for any business or anything. You can't get people to take your calls. Everybody, and you remember, if you remember what it was like at that time, everybody just batting down the hatches and quit spending money on yeah. everything. You know, people worried about if they're going to be able to keep their home or keep a roof over their head, let alone worried about uh, services, goods and services that they acquire, that they buy. Right. And so just was really, really a difficult emotional time. And I understand what that feels like. I understand having to make a choice of are you going to, you know, keep your lights on? Are you going to pay your phone bill? Are you going to, you know, you're going to buy your wife a birthday present? <laughs> you know, yeah. are you going to, you know, are, are you going to lay this guy off? You know, who he has a family and he's got a daughter that's about to go off to college. And that's, that's his been his dream for her to go to college. And you got to decide whether or not you're going to keep him working. You're going to pay him or you're going to pay yourself. Yeah. You know, so it's a really, really difficult thing. And it's a unique experience. Like, unless you really kind of been in that situation, you don't really understand what that feels like, you know? Right. And so uh, I'm glad now to be able to look back on that, that I had that experience because it allows me um, to have empathy when I talk with founders. Like, I know what, I know what it's like to be, I know what it's like to get up and question whether you actually walk in the pathway and in terms of where you're supposed to, what your destiny is, whether you made the right decision or maybe you were just really just being selfish and quitting your job and going and thinking that you could go and you can build something from scratch and you see the impact that you have on your, that it's having on your family in terms of the stress of where the check is coming from and you question yourself, man. Yeah. And so uh, it, it was, it was all of those things. And so you have to find a, 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 a place where you are rooted, right? And remember why you're here. Remember why you started the business in the first place. Yeah. Why you took the risk in the first place. And hold on to that. You know, yeah. nobody, we're not created and designed to be here just to, to be mindless cogs in a machine. We all have a talent. We all have a gift. And we're here to, the purpose is to use that. We all are supposed to be great. That's the truth, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think okay. while you were talking, man, something I noticed is that when you said you made sacrifices to um, pay, uh, you know, pay an employee instead of paying yourself, I thought that's a really selfless act. And my question to you is, man, what does it mean to you to, to be selfless and just care more about the people? You know what I'm saying? What does that mean to you? Well, I mean, you can have, you can do certain jobs and have certain kind of businesses where it is all about you. Right. Yeah. But those aren't the kind of businesses that I run. And those aren't, those aren't necessarily the kind of businesses that are uh, venture capital investable businesses. And yeah. so your most valuable resource is your human resources. Uh, and so you must, it's about the people you have a dream and you have a vision and you have to get people to buy into your dream and your vision to help you achieve it, right? You have to get people, convince people that your dream and your vision becomes their dream and their vision. 
Yeah. Right. And you definitely can't do that if you get a thousand dollars in and you paying yourself eight hundred dollars and splitting two hundred dollars up among the other three people that are working their butts off for you. Yeah. And so when people see, hey, you know, we got a thousand dollars in and I'm giving that out to I'm giving it out to y'all. It's not much, right? But it's what I have. Yeah. And people respect that. And you have to be able to lead people through your actions in that way. It's important to be able to do that in order to really be able to grow and have a successful business. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, so just a little conversation shift, man, like take us back and, you know, tell us what was it like for you to grow up and, you know, was there a certain person that inspired you to become a serial entrepreneur? Um, I don't know if it was just one person individually. So I grew up, I'm born and raised in St. Louis, Missouri. Yeah. Uh, I grew up and went to, I went to elementary school, probably about five minutes from where Michael Brown was murdered. Yeah. Um, so St. Louis was similar to really frankly, as it was now, it was very racially divided. And we didn't feel that there was a tremendous amount of opportunity uh, for black entrepreneurs or young black people that wanted to come and build something there. Yeah. In terms of my inspiration, my mother uh, worked a corporate job. She worked at IBM for 40 years. It was the only job she ever had. And I remember, although she made it through all of them, that it seemed like twice a year they would have a round of layoffs. Yeah. And I remember that it would be like, well, you're going to get this number. We're going to send you this number. And you're going to call into this conference call. And it's going to be, if you're on this conference call, they would get on the call and they would say, okay, everybody on this call is safe. Right. Yeah. And they say, okay, you guys are safe. Go back to work. We're fine. And then they'd hang up and they get on there and they say, everybody on this call, y'all are fired. Dang. <laughs> That's tough. It's your severance. This is what your severance is going to be when you get up. Call this number and they'll give you the details on when your last paycheck is and when to turn in all your stuff. Yeah. And it seemed like that was something that happened, like I said, a couple times a year. And I remember how loyal my mother was to the company. Yeah. And I remember thinking I was happy that she never was one of the people that got laid off or as the term that they use, they call them surplused. She was never one of the people that got surplused. And I thought about the people who did, who were just as committed and worked just as hard. And I just never wanted to be in a position where someone could just call me up and say, thanks for all your hard work and we don't need you anymore. Yeah. And so I, for that reason, I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. Now, I wasn't sure exactly what kind of business I wanted to have. Yeah. I didn't really recognize that until I went college and got off in, into college but you know growing up my parents were divorced when I was seven years old I had my father was always present in my life I also had the benefit my mother remarried I had a stepfather who was also very present in my life I had strong male role models growing up and in, in my stepfather my father my, my father's father my grandfather but also I come from a matriarchal family yeah and the women, man, 
I don't know if we allowed to curse on the podcast or not. I hey, man, say, say what you will, man. <laughs> man, the women in my family, man, just run shit, man. Yeah. And seeing women who literally did do it all. My mother went and spent eight years going to school after work, after work. Oh, man. To get an MBA. Yeah. And then at the same time she was doing that, she was making sure my sister and I were getting our work done in school. Um, she was, you know, and she was, and she would be doing a Bible study too. Oh man, super woman. Yeah. She, she was on it. She was on it, man. She was yeah. like my grandmother, my father's mother. She's the reason why I made it through college. Yeah. She was an art teacher. She was an art teacher. And she invested money. She invested. She saved. And she was the person that uh, that that really made sure that I was able to go to college and get my education. So even though they weren't entrepreneurs, they were entrepreneurial. Yeah, you know what I mean. Definitely. And so it really did inspire me to want to build something uh, that really would have uh, build an ecosystem. Yeah. Right. And that's really what I'm trying to do is, you know, build an ecosystem that becomes self-sustaining where our founders, we invest in our founders and we help to give them the benefit of our knowledge and experience and build them up. And then we create a liquidity event for them. And then. What's good, everyone? If you guys are enjoying this show, please be sure to share this with a friend, family member, or coworker, and leave a five-star review. Now back to this episode. Peace. They have enough wealth and income where they can become investors themselves. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Um, I definitely uh, admire um, um, the women that you talked about. Um, especially uh, your mom. And I think it's awesome that, I think it's awesome, you know, the, the saving, everything she did. Um, and then I also, I want to ask you, um, you know, what does it mean to, you know, what does it mean to uh, invest in businesses and be able to be able to propel like, you know, founders forward? What does that mean to you? It means everything, man. Yeah. Yeah. Entrepreneurship is the lifeblood of a community. It's how the community keeps the dollars circulating within that community. Yeah. Right? So it means everything to be able to invest in, not just financially, but also with my time, with my knowledge and my experience and help to see founders from within my community to grow and realize their own dreams. Yeah. You know, I, I, I use the analogy, I, founders that I work with are rock stars in their own right. Yeah. Right? But, but the thing is that they're like rock stars that are extremely talented, right? They're really great on the guitar, right? They play the guitar, it like, sounds amazing, right? But they're in the stadium and only the people in the first three rows can hear them. Yeah. Until they plug into the amplifier. 
and the amplifier is what allows for all the 80,000 people in the stadium to hear to hear the talent. Yeah. I'm the amplifier. So I'm not I'm not making you or breaking you as a founder. You have the talent. Yeah. Right. I just I, I just help I saw the talent that you had and my job is to amplify your talent. My job is to let the world know mm. about you. Let the yeah. world know that you're there and that you have this talent and help the world to buy into what it is that you bring into the table to your gift. Yeah. And so for me, to, you know, to and be able to be in a position to help founders uh, that are in that that are coming along and that are in that stage and that, like I said, the pre-seed stage, a really early growth stage, pre-seed, seed stage, it, it, it means everything to me to be blessed enough to be in a position to be able to help these people. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Um, nothing but respect, definitely. Um, so talk about, man, tell me about the word paragon, paragon. Where does that come from? And like, why did you choose, uh, you know, that to be a part of your business name and structure? That's an interesting question. So a paragon is, by definition, is a model, an example of, of perfection, excellent yeah. perfection. And so I really want it for what I established in the process that I undertake to make the investments that I make in terms of working with founders and helping to develop founders to really be that, to be an example and to be the proof, right, that our founders are just as talented, if not more talented than the majority founders. And that yeah. we're just as capable. I want for in 10 years, they're not even to be able to be an argument made that minority and female founders don't have the skill set and don't have the talent and they don't perform. I want them to be able to say, well, that guy over there at Paragon, he set the example. He showed that this is something that that that, that really works and that yeah. this is not something this is not something that we need to continue to question. Right. And so will that happen? I think there's always going to be, you know, discrimination. There's always going to be people that are going to question things that they don't know, people that they don't yeah. know, people that they don't understand. But if I can get some people that are in influential positions to be able to change their mind about it, the result is additional capital that flows into the community in the form of investment, then I'm really I'm really happy with that. So and being a paragon and being a model, an example of um, of excellence, not just in terms of we're making money or making returns, but also in terms of how you deal with people, yeah. right? How you work with people, how you show empathy for people and the differences that they have and the things that they're going through as entrepreneurs and try to help them to overcome their own self obstacles the upper limits that they place on themselves yeah i want to also be an example for that right awesome awesome man um so you mentioned something earlier about you know ecosystem yeah and i wanted you to talk about like for, for people that don't know uh what it means to even create an ecosystem or how to do that i want you to talk a little bit about that and then i also want you to talk about you know the importance of uh, you know, building an ecosystem, you know, a supportive ecosystem for Black-owned and minority-owned businesses. Can you go into that a little bit? Well, it's important to build it because if you don't, 
and you're always dependent on people from outside who aren't members of your community to support and, and support your community, right? Yeah. So it's important to build it from that perspective. Now, how you go about building it, you don't have to do it my way, right? Yeah. I The way that I'm doing it is the way that the universe has called on me to do it. And so I am um, working with these founders, but also if I'm invested in a founder, I'm going to require that that founder works with and mentors another founder who's either in their geographic area or in their industry. Mm, okay. That's how we pay it for. So somebody took the time to teach me the things that I know. I didn't just yeah. know it all. I wasn't born knowing it all. Somebody took the time to work with me, to talk to me, to teach me these things. And I'm going to take the time to work with my founders and help and pass along that information. Now, if I'm going to do that, then they have to do the same. Yeah. They have to do the same. If you don't do it, the truth is, if you don't do it, I'm going to pull your funding. Yeah. So I'm serious about it, right? And the reason why I'm serious about it is is what you what we talked about at the beginning of this about self selfishness and selflessness, right? Yeah. And so that has to be really at the core of what we're doing. You can't just be in it just for yourself. If you're in it just for yourself, you might be able to be successful. You might be able to make money, but you won't be able to make money with me. Like I, I, that's just not my profile of in terms of what I'm looking for in the people that I work with. And yeah. so it's necessary to build that ecosystem to create a, a level of independence in terms of deciding who it is that we invest in, uh, how we nurture those investments and not having to always be in a position where you're at the mercy of people from outside your community to be able to actually invest in your business. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. Awesome. Um, okay, man. Another question. Um, what are five ways black business owners can survive a recession? You know, like say we're in a recession now, or there's a recession, you know, coming, you know, I don't know, next year. Um, how can, you know, what are five ways they can, survive and maneuver through that oh that's a that's a big question there um you know as someone who did really survive who really did survive a recession yeah i i think that there's some aspects of it that are unique, particularly for uh, minority and female founders you know we are the last group to really start to receive funding. We didn't really even start getting VC money, getting real investment until after George Floyd's murder, right? Yeah. 2020. Yeah. Well, by the beginning of this year, by 2022, they were saying that there's clouds on the horizon for the economy and we're cutting back on our investments. We have a quote-unquote flight to quality. All flight to quality means is we just going to give the money to you know white men who had done been doing this for decades that's what that really yeah. is right yeah and so we literally had we literally got less than two years where there was really money that was free flowing for minority female founders yeah and this is when you think about it when did we come out of the great recession 2012 2013 something in that range where you really we really started to come out of it so and there were seven years of that 
where we didn't participate significantly in terms of the in terms of the receiving investment. Then 2020 came. It's so yeah. unfortunate that it came out of the murder of a black man. And we started to receive funding then. And then basically beginning of 2022, they cut it back off. Yeah. So we're the last to begin to participate in the growth stage, the growth phases, and we're the first to get hit, to get cut off, right? So when you are starting a business or when you're running a small business and you're going into a recession, um, the first thing I would say, and I don't know if I have, you know, full five off the top of here, but I, I give you a couple. The first thing I would say, yeah. you know, one, take a, take a long look in the mirror. Take a long look in the mirror because time is precious. And when you're facing like a challenge that the duration of that challenge is undeterminable, because like we don't know when the recession is going to end, right? So you can't waste your resources worried about things that you don't have control over. Yeah. Okay. So the first thing you have to do is try to become the best version of yourself. I talked about how when I was in a recession and I was depressed, I wasn't the best version of myself. And that was something that really had a tremendously negative impact on my business because I didn't feel confident enough to go out and really start asking people for business. Yeah. Right. I was depressed. And so really spend some time looking in the mirror, meditating, working on yourself. Because there's all there's always areas where we can improve. So that's yeah. the first thing. Second thing I would say is you often can't control where your revenue is coming in and coming from, particularly in a recession. But what you can do is control your expenses. Right. So you got to get really smart about where you're spending your money. You got to get lean. You know, you yeah. got to be able to make choices in terms of how your business is structured, certain things that you can go without for a short period of time. And you have to be able to make those difficult choices and decisions. So, you know, be prepared to get really lean and really efficient in terms of your expenses. Now, it's always helpful if you already have the business set up that way. Yeah. Right. If you already have the business set up that way, then you're more prepared. But you aren't. We aren't always in a position where we were set up that way. So then we have to go back and make changes. Yeah. You got to be able to make those changes. Right. Third thing I would say is when things are slower on the business, it's not time to sit and relax or sit and fret and be worried. Use that time to get better at your craft. Buying areas, buying books. There's all I mean, so many books out there that people can read that you can read, and then you can apply. If you do have some 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 capital to be able to do some things, go back to school, get another certification, take a uh, take a course in something that will help to develop and hone your skills. Get another license of some kind, right? Yes. Do something along those lines. And then the last thing I would say really is just be is be a servant to others, which is just completely antithetical to people who are in situations where there's pressure, right? And they want to survive. Your instinct is to, right, is to is to keep your head above water so that you don't drown. Yeah. But as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, like I said, like we said at the beginning of the conversation, it's about the people. 
And so if you approach your relationships from the perspective of how can I be of service? Because everybody is feeling that same pressure. Everybody around you is feeling that pressure. But if you become a person that is a pressure reliever, right, and not a pressure creator, then you'll find that people will gravitate towards you. And you'll be amazed at how many people, particularly within your community, who will look out for you and will help to hold you up during those difficult times. Yeah. That's really, that I would say, I don't know if that was five, but I think that was really where I think you can really see that there's uh, opportunities during a recession and ways to help survive yeah. through a recession. Yeah, man. Um, that was, you know, that was four solid tips, man. Um, you only need five for that. Uh, it was pretty awesome. Um, thank you, man. Um, yeah, man. Um, so my very last question is, man, um, you know, how can people get in touch with you? Um, you know, whether that be through social media, email, your website, how can people, you know, find you? Yeah. I mean, if you like, if you're a founder and you're interested in, uh, in possibly working with us, you can go to our website, which is paragoninvestmentfund.com. Uh, and there's a form there that you can fill out to uh, not necessarily apply for funding, but to you know, tell 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 us a little bit about yourself, and we can learn more about your company. I am on social media. I'm not super active, uh, but I am on LinkedIn at Ar- Armand Davis. I am uh, I am on Twitter at Armand Davis, and then Instagram at I am Armand. Armand is A R M O N D, but the, the, those are the easiest ways to get in touch with me. Uh, I'm always open to having conversations with founders that are looking for uh, that that are looking to grow their business. Also, on the other the other side of that, right, is I want to have conversations with investors, right, yeah. who uh, who have capital and want to deploy that capital and, and believe in my thesis, which is that uh, minority and female entrepreneurs will lead in innovation. Uh, going forward and that we can make outsized returns um, by investing in those founders. So you can also, those investors can also find me at those same, uh, those same places and be happy to have those conversations. Well, there you have it guys. Um, Armand, man, thank you for giving me this opportunity. Thank you guys for reaching out. Uh, big shout out to Lindsay. Um, yeah, man. Yeah, Lindsay this, the this legend. Awesome. Yeah. I, I actually have her programmed in my phone as Lindsay the Legend. She's yeah, amazing. She's amazing, and so uh, yeah, the uh, thank you for the invitation. I really appreciate you. Uh, no problem, man. Time to have the conversation, and um, and we, and we just need we need to continue to have uh, more conversations like this within our community. So I'm looking forward to what you're going to continue to do um, with your platform, and uh, and wish you all the best with that as well. Thank you, man. I really appreciate that. Um, that was awesome, man. If you don't mind, man, uh, you know, would you mind closing us out, man, with a nice message? I, 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 one of the things that I say to founders when I'm working with them is don't ask people for permission to use your gifts. Yeah. And so you're here for a reason. You have gifts and you're unique. And so use your gifts. Don't ask, don't ask me if you can use your gift. Don't ask the next person. Don't, and don't think that 
you can't use your gift unless somebody comes and gives you a million dollars, you know, for your business and invest yes. in your business. Start using the gifts that God gave you and you'll be amazed. You'll be amazed at how the universe makes a way for you. Yeah. Well, there you got, there you have it, y'all. Awesome message, man. Thank you very much, um, guys. Uh, that's the end of the episode. Again, I'm your host, Adrian Evans. I had Armand Davis, serial entrepreneur, guys. Um, I hope you guys were able to take a lot away from this. Man, he really dropped some gems. Um, and I hope everybody, you know, was able to, you know, share this message with someone. You know what I'm saying? Um, but again, Armand, thank you, man. And guys, that's it. We're out. Peace. All right, guys, that's the end of this episode. Thanks for sticking around. If you guys really enjoyed this show, please leave a five-star review and share this with a friend, family member, or coworker. And if you guys have any suggestions as far as what to talk about on the show and who review, please email us at blackwolfmedia18 at gmail.com. Again, our email is blackwolfmedia18 at gmail.com. Thank you, guys. Until next time.